0: The Bible says here in John chapter seven, I'm gonna start in verse 14. It says this, not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. And the Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having being taught? Jesus answered, he said, my teaching is not of my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you try it, you test it, it will prove itself. I love that Jesus didn't have to come into the earth bashing other religions, destroying other people, talking down to people. But Jesus came with this simple truth. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Do you know why Jesus was able to do that? Because when your truth is the truth, you don't have to tear down anything else. It will stand the test of time. And so Jesus simply says, hey, try this. And if you try it, you'll find out that what I'm telling you is from God. And then verse 18 says, whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Jesus is saying, one of the reasons you can trust me is because I came from glory. I didn't come for glory. I came from glory. So I'm not here to get glory. I've got plenty of that in heaven. I actually left glory to come tell you the truth. You know somebody's lying to you when they tell you the truth for their own glory and for their own fame and for their own name. I got news for all the preachers in the room and all the preachers across the world today. This isn't about you. This isn't about your name. This isn't about your book sales. This isn't about your CDs. This isn't about your podcast. This is about the name of Jesus. Because it's going to be at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Why? Because he came from glory, not for glory. See, he's like, nothing you can say to me is going to be better than what I've already experienced. Heaven is my home. Like, the glory of heaven is my life, I don't need your glory. You can talk good about me, you can praise me, the rocks can praise me, it's not gonna matter to me. I'm at the right hand of the Father. Like, what's this world got to offer me? So that's why we could trust Jesus, to tell the truth, because he came from glory, not for it. Let's pray, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to be here, to hear from your word, to gather with your people God, we thank you that where your spirit is, there is liberty, there is freedom. We thank you, God, that you came to set us free. You came to set us free from lies. You came to set us free from bad religion. You came to set us free for you. In whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I pray today that we would leave this place not with more bondage, but with more freedom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. "Amen. Amen. If God said it, it can be tested, because the word God speaks can be tested. The Bible says in Malachi chapter three verse 10, when it comes to giving, it says, "Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house." And then God says, test me in this. Test me. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God's confident in his word. So he he says, whatever I say to you, test it. Try it. And in trying it, you will be blessed when you do it. So this is the thing. If God's word can be tested and God himself says, test my word, then we must not be hearing from God if we are not willing to let the word we are hearing from God be tested. If you say God is saying something to you, but you're not willing to have that word scrutinized and tested, I can guarantee you this. God isn't saying it to you. Because if God is saying it, it can stand up to the test and to any scrutiny that anyone could bring against it. Well, that's good for us because there are a lot of people running around saying God said and God didn't say nothing to them. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. Proverbs 11 and 14 says this. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The Bible tells us that the person who isolates themselves seeks their own way, they pursue selfish ambition, and they rebel against all sound judgment. I want to give you some insight into how you can test if what you believe you are hearing from God whether you think it's an audible voice, or you think it's the inner voice, or you think it's a still small voice or whatever voice you believe, it's an impression, whatever you believe God is speaking to you, it can be tested. And if you are unwilling to let it be tested, it is not from God. Why? Because the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And the person who isolates himself seeks his own way and he rebels against all sound judgment. You have to be willing to let whatever you believe God is saying be judged. That's why we have spiritual authority. That's why we have the gathering of believers. That's why you can't just have a Bible study in your home and call it a church. You need a church that God has established, God has set up with biblical leadership, biblical authority, the five... Come on, the five gifts that are given to the body for the maturing and perfecting of the saints, you can't get that in your home Bible study. You need elders, you need deacons, you need leadership, you need submission, you need structure, you need accountability, and you can't get all of that out there by yourself. Oh man, that's good, Rob. It's really good. How to tell if somebody's not telling you the truth. They want to They want to isolate themselves. God is the only one speaking to them, and they are the only one hearing it. Is that really the way God works? I remember there was a prophet in the the Old Testament. He he got really upset, and he thought he was all by himself. He ran, and he said, God, I'm the only one listening to you. I'm the only one serving you. God said, no, you ain't. There's hundreds of people still following me. There's always a remnant. God is never just talking to you and giving you private information that he is not giving anybody else. Can somebody say amen? Corinthians tells us, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. One of the ways I can tell you are out there in bad doctrine is when you are by yourself. By yourself. Nobody's hearing this. Nobody believes this. Nobody hears God like I hear God. We have the truth. We only, we, us, and us alone, our little crew, and nobody else is hearing from God. You need to run from that craziness as fast as you can because God's word will constantly push you into community, into fellowship into accountability, into others. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do, and even more, as you see the day approaching, the end approaching. Why? So that we can get together and encourage one another so that no one's heart grows hard. You need, see, God would never tell you you don't need to come to church. God would never tell you you don't need other believers. God would never tell you that you need to be by yourself. Even God himself is not by himself. God is a fellowship. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Even God gets advice. Even God has fellowship. Even God has community. And if God has community, then how much more do you and I need the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus? Are you thankful for a God who doesn't want you to be alone? He doesn't want you to be alone. The sign you're getting out there and strange and weird and God's only talking to me. Okay. Okay. Now, my wife, when we... uh, when we, have, when we have milk that's getting ready to expire, we always, we always get into an argument. Because, because I believe that the milk, when the expiration date hits, that that is the day that it is bad. Okay? That day. If it says June 9th, then I'm not gonna be drinking it on July 9th, not even June 10th. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't care, but what she does is she goes to the fridge, she pulls it out and she opens it up and she smells it. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm glad your snooty, educated, beyond me nose is smarter than the grocery store but I'm gonna trust the grocery store. And she said, you know that the grocery store puts that early expiration date on it, so you'll come back and buy more before you need more. I don't care. I don't care, it's bad. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad. Somebody back, you got a fan back there. I'm gonna ask security to escort that person to the parking lot. Immediately, <laughs> but there's the, there's the, there's the smell test. You ever you ever been been in a room? And you're just like something ain't right. Just something ain't. R-. You ever been around a person and you're like I don't know about this one. I don't know about. And it's not because of their odor. It's just. It could be because of that, but it's also just, you just get a, just like, they just kind of hit you the wrong way. And I just believe that, that when it comes to things that we believe God is saying, that, that when, we, when we hear them and they're not God, it'll just be like. I, I, just, I just don't think God is, is so vague that we have to just dive into the minutia and the details of it. We can hear it and be like, mm. That just doesn't sound like God to me. That just doesn't sound like something He would say. Why? Because he's, first of all, it's not in His Word, and I just believe that anything God is going to say, He has already said in His Word. I believe that. And so, how can I test it? If if how can, how can I do the sniff test? How can how can I how can I how can I sense that something someone is saying, something that I'm hearing? Something that I'm sensing is not God. Because I promise you this, God is always speaking. God is not always speaking audibly. You know, it's not always I'm sitting in my car and the roof of my car tears open. He comes down and he sits in. He's like, hey, man, I just want to have a conversation. It's, it's Actually, it's never been like that. I don't know if that's happened to you, but that's never happened to me. Most of the time when God speaks, it's, 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 something that I feel, an impression. A Have you, have you ever been in, 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 in church and, and hearing the word and then just something was said and it just hit you? And it just was like, oh man, that, that resonated on the inside of me. That was, f- have you ever, you ever heard something? You go, that was for me. That's God talking to you. So God uses all types of situations to talk to you. He uses your circumstance. He uses people. He'll use friends. He'll use neighbors. He will use, uh, he will use uh, the creation. You will look out. You will see something. You'll say, oh my God. You. He, he will use so many different things to talk to you. So, but how do I know, since there are a lot of voices, how do I know that this is God? Here's, here's, how, we, here's how we perform the sniff test. I know your nose works because you like being around me, so that means I smell really good. <laughs> Anyhow, first thing, first off, write this down if you're taking notes. Is it the gospel? Is it the gospel? Another way I would put this is, that, is it law or is it grace? Okay, and, and the reason I say gospel is because gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, and, and when Jesus came, he came not to get rid of the law, he fulfilled the law, so now we are free unto him. So, so when, when you believe you're hearing from God, a good way to test it is, is this the gospel? Is this good news from God? I want to give you a scripture. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. It says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach another gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said and say again, if anyone preaches to you another gospel, then the one you accepted, let them be under God's curse. So the Apostle Paul is very serious in this. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly turning away from the grace of God, the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And in particular, he's talking to people who were going back into Judaism, back into uh, this way of of living for God that was religion and not relationship. And these people in particular are not necessarily Jewish people. These are more than likely Gentile people who who are listening to, to Jewish people who had converted to Christ that were saying, hey, in order to really be like Christ, in order to to really have God's favor, in order for God to really love you, you've gotta do all of this. Yeah, you accept Jesus, but you gotta do all of this other stuff first. And can I tell you, if God is speaking to you, it's gonna be about relationship, not religion. It's not going to be about do, do, do. It's going to be about, hey, it is finished. The work is done. What I want to talk to you about is the condition of your heart. I want to deal not with the leaves of your life. I want to deal with the fruit of your life. I want to deal with what's going on on the inside of you. I want to tell you this. When God speaks to you, he's not necessarily going to talk to you about all the bad stuff you're doing. He's wanting to talk to you about the condition of your heart. Religion will say, stop doing bad stuff. And, and you can, you can tell that, 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 that you're going to a church that really isn't, really isn't saying what God would want them to say when all they do is get up and try to modify your behavior. You come to church, I tell you all the bad stuff you're doing, you feel really bad about it, you go home and try to fix it. Has anybody tried that? That stuff doesn't work, does it? feeling bad, feeling sorry. None of that works. Do you know what works? Becoming a new creature in Christ, letting the spirit of God take control, not just on the outside, but on the inside. How many of you are thankful that salvation is not an outside in work, but it is an inside out work. This is why Jesus in Mark chapter 11, this is why he cursed the fig tree. The Bible says that he came up to this fig tree. It had all the leaves. It looked like it was supposed to have fruit, and he reached in to get fruit. There was no fruit, and so he cursed it. Why? Because it represented Israel. It represented doing without being. And God will not come to you and say, do, 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 do. Let me give you a list and list and list and list and list. God will say, it is done, it is done, it is done, it is done. Live in the freedom that I gave you. Live in the, in the power that I gave you. It, the power of God is on the inside of you. The power to change your life is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not in anything you've done. It's in what I have done. I did it for you because you can't do it for yourself. I want to talk to you about the condition of your heart. I don't want to talk to you about do, do, do. I want to talk to you about it is done. So what the motivation for doing for God will be, hey, I've already finished this for you. So Jesus cursed doing without being. Hmm. And then there's another thing that Jesus did while he was hanging out in Jerusalem. The Bible says that he went into the temple And he went into the temple and he saw that in the temple that they were selling religion. They had basically taken something that had, was supposed to be free and turned it into a, it was supposed to be a nonprofit and they turned it into a for profit. (laughs) And Jesus said, I don't like this. So what he did is he walked in. The Bible says he started flipping tables over and he kicked out out all of those people. And as soon as all of those people were kicked out, you know what the Bible says? That the sick and the lame and the hurting and the broken came to him and he healed them. This is what was happening. Church had become about a religious experience that you could buy. They were manipulating people. And guess what? The broken, the hurting, the lost... The maim, the blind, the deaf, they didn't have a place. But as soon as God got rid of the manipulation and the religion, all the people that were supposed to be in church found their way to church. I just want you to understand that if God's talking to you, it's going to be about relationship and not religion. And can I tell you, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be about him and not manipulation. God will not use Scripture to manipulate you and control you. So anybody who says they represent God and they come to you and they use Scripture to manipulate and control you, can I tell you, they are not from God because God himself will not manipulate you and control you with Scripture. He wants a relationship with you. Ah, that's what he wants from us. And so I, I do the gospel test. Is this the gospel? Is this grace? Or is this law? Let me, let, me, let me give you some ideas. I'm gonna give you just three ways to, to, uh, to, to tell when your Christianity has gone bad. Like the milk. Your Christianity has gone bad when you start to spiritualize your preferences. See, there's a difference between what you prefer and what God wants. So what has happened throughout history, uh, let, me, let me give you this scripture, Mark chapter, Mark chapter seven, Jesus said this, he said, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. So in other words, God is saying, you prefer tradition over the word of God. You prefer your traditions over my words. And my words will not have the effect that they are supposed to have as long as you continue to glorify your tradition, or in other words, your preferences, the way you think things should be done. And what has happened to us is we have thought and throughout history people have thought because they didn't like it God didn't like it. And they they represented God's tastes. God's taste in music? God's taste in clothing? God's opinion on makeup? God's opinion on people's hair? God's opinion on how people should. Oh, I just want you to understand that most of what we do in church is preference, not God said. So somebody came to me one time and they were like, they were like, I just don't believe that God likes all those lights and all that stuff and the the, the, the smoke machines and 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 then and now look at us. We even got more. We added we added more lights and and all of these screens. I don't, I don't believe God likes any of that. I said. I, I didn't, I didn't even ask him about it. They're like, what? You didn't ask? God? I said, no, I just like it. It's my preference. God didn't say, thus says the Lord, in order for you to really experience my presence and my glory, you must have lights and you must have balls on a wall that a light reflects off of and three screens and lights behind you if you put those lights behind you said, if you build it they will come that is not <laughs> do you know why we do this because I like it it, God didn't say, I'm just, listen, when I was growing up, we would go to churches and we would go into churches. They, they, my, my, I noticed something about my, my parents. My, my dad would, would wear certain things in certain churches. And I started to ask, dad, why do you wear that here? He said, because, because that's, what, that's what they want. That's what they want us to do. And then my mom, she, we would go to some churches and in some of the churches, she couldn't wear makeup. She had to do her hair a certain way, and she had to wear a certain type of clothes. And, and, and what I found out is, is not only were these things peop, things that people liked and what they preferred, but these were things that people were saying pleased God. And then I found out as I read the scripture for myself that God doesn't give a rip. Like... Like God is not up in heaven saying, "I would love to visit that church this morning, but the pastor is wearing jeans and a and a and a, and a long sleeve shirt like i would love I would love to do something with them but 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 that 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 drummer he 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 had on a he had on a button up shirt and it had lines in it i mean i can't deal with lines i mean what are we doing I, I I would love to visit that church, but that guy had a beard or that guy's hair was long or that guy that guy had a tattoo or or or, or that guy's hair was orange like i would love to Do you know all of that stuff is not God said. It's somebody's preference. Can we stop saying God said when it's just what we like? Somebody asked me about these chairs. Did God speak to you about the number of chairs to put in the sanctuary? I said, uh, was he supposed to? I I just asked, how many can we get in here and and what's the best kind of seat to get the most chairs in here? they look at me like, God didn't tell you to do that? No, I just wanted to do it. We got a lot of people coming, and I thought more chairs would be a good idea. You didn't pray and fast about it? No, I just, I just thought more chairs would be a good idea. Like, like more parking would be a good, maybe a parking garage would be a nice idea, right? Like, (laughs) Like something. And so many people are like, God told me. And I'm like, but did he? <laughs> so they spiritualize their preference and they start to think if I don't like it, then God doesn't like it. And they'll say stuff like, they'll say stuff like, that's just not, God doesn't like that kind of music. Like, you have insight on God's playlist. Like, You know what that looks like. Isn't it funny? God's preference is always your preference. God always likes it the way you like it. (laughs) See, if I go to your house and your house looks like 1965, (laughs) then I understand you really like stuff from 1965. But if I go to your house and it looks like your house just came straight out of a Pottery Barn magazine, I understand you like Pottery Barn. But the moment you start to tell me that only Christians go to Pottery Barn is when, I lose, is when I just lose connection with you. And it's the same thing that people do in church. I mean, I mean, you know, God, God, God's style of music is what? Is what, what? Well, I mean, do you remember Don Moen? Does anybody remember Don Moen? Does anybody know I'm talking about, Don Moen? Do you remember Ron Canole? I blame Ron Cannoli for so many instruments on stage that did not belong on stage at a church. I blame him for that. But, but do you remember, and, and, and all of you, you have your own style of music, you have your own preference, and I'm sure all of you are like, man, I wish they'd play more country songs at church. I wish they'd play more gospel songs at church. I wish they play, I wish they'd rap at church. I wish they'd do that at church. Do you know why we do the style of music we like? Because I like it. <laughs> That's what we do. Do you know why? Because I'm a pastor and I get to choose that. That's just, that was in the job description. I get to choose. But I'm not gonna tell you God likes this kind of music better than your kind of music. No, you go get in your car and you listen to Ron Cannoli all day long. You go get in your car and you jam out. I don't know how you can jam out to Don Moen, but you can jam out to Don Moen. I I guess there's such a thing. Do it. Stop letting people give their preferences to you as God said. That's good. Will you stand with me? Second thing. You know it's stinky religion when they start to rely on inaccurate information from bad sources. Because you cannot have the right practice without the right doctrine. I want you to understand something. I need you to hear this clearly because... So many people have been deceived because the person that was deceiving them was sincere. Oh man, they believe it. They believe wholeheartedly in what they're saying. But sincerity is not the only prerequisite for accurate doctrine. You gotta know what you're talking about. You gotta know it. Not just I know it, but you've got to have a mind to be able to understand it and break it down. This is why the Bereans in the Bible are such an example to us. It's so important for us. I tell you this all the time. I love that you come to church here. I love that you see me as your pastor. I think that's very special and I think that relationship is necessary, but I want you to understand something. I'm not God. So I don't want you to take my word for it. Whatever I teach, wherever I teach, whenever I teach, don't just take my word for it. Take notes, get the CD, watch it over on Facebook, watch it again again on YouTube, and study it out to make sure that you're in a church where God's word is being preached. Don't come here because you like my style. Don't come here because you like the way I dress. Don't come here because you like that I'm young. Don't come here because you're like, he's not young, but he's like he looks young, but he's got gray hair, so it means he's probably old. Like don't come here because you like the way I preach or, or the enthusiasm or my style of preaching. My style of preaching isn't God said. This is not the God said style of preaching. This is just the way I preach. So don't come to church here because you like me. Come to church here because you believe after studying what I have said out that that's what the word of God says. Do not put your confidence in me. For the love of God, please don't put your confidence in me. Third thing, bad execution. A lot of people read the scripture and then they just execute it badly. I think that's why we do need situations and moments like this with someone who we believe is teaching us the word of God, because what we can learn is the execution. Sometimes, sometimes we read something and we're like, have you ever read the Bible and gone? Oh, wow. (laughs) That is, that doesn't apply to anything. And then you're in a service and somebody reads that same scripture and they find application for it. Or have you ever read a scripture and applied it wrong and then somebody corrects you and is like, that's not what the Bible meant at all. We need that accountability. That's why we need community because we need somebody to say, hey man, that's not what God meant. I'm sorry, when when you read that, that's not what God was was saying. Let me help you because sometimes we have good information, we just have bad execution. We just have bad execution. Oh man, man. Second thought, so first, is it the gospel? Second, this, does it glorify Jesus? Hebrews 1, one through two says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and many times in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. I'm thankful, listen to me, I'm thankful for prophecies, I'm thankful for prophets, I'm thankful for all the gifts, speaking in tongues, words of discernment, uh, all of it. But the Bible tells me that yes, God has spoken to us through prophets, and yes, God has spoken, spoken to us through many different ways, but in this last day, God is speaking to us, and the clearest we will hear God is through his son. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So good. Even when the Holy Spirit comes, the job of the Holy Spirit was not just to deliver gifts so the church could just have fun. The job of the Holy Spirit, John 14 and 26, but when the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, when he comes, he will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I have said. One of the main job descriptions of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to remind us of what Jesus said. John 15 and 26, when the advocate comes. Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. It's His job. So does it glorify Jesus? Does what I believe God is saying to me, does it make Jesus famous? Is it about His glory and His honor and His name? Last thing: will it make me more like Christ? Three ways. Is it the gospel? Does it glorify Jesus, and will it make me more like Jesus? Because Romans 8 tells me that that's, that's why he, he brought me back in the first place, to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus. So whatever the Spirit of God is going to ask me to do, it's going to make me more like Jesus, not less. And a lot of people are like, how do I know God Is talking to me. How do I know that this is from heaven? Let me give you a great scripture. This will help you. Write this down. James chapter three, verses 14 through 17 says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, for where you have envy and self-ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, look, at if God's telling you, if God's saying it, what's it gonna be? It's gonna be pure. It's gonna be peace-loving. It's gonna be considerate. It's gonna be submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. How do I know it's from God. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such there is no law. So, in other words, there's no speed limit on love. There's no, you cross the line, you've been too forgiving. No, you've been, that's too patient. That is too kind. God said, no, no, against these there is no law. You can't overdo it when it comes to love. How should I treat people who don't know God? I should treat them like the Spirit. How how should I treat people from other religions and other faiths? I should treat them the same way the Spirit treats them. The Spirit of God loves them. It's peaceable, it's forbearing, it's kind, it's good, it's faithful, it's gentleness, it's under control. How do I know God's talking to me? If God's talking to you, he's telling you stuff like, you need to forgive that person. All right. <laughs> we don't want to hear that. We want the heavens to open and God to speak and him to come down and lift us up and plant us you know, in our role and in our position and give us all power and we're casting out devils and we're prophesying to the nations and God's like, no, if you're really talking to me, you're going to love your neighbor. So yes, if I'm really talking to you and you're really hearing my voice, you're going to be more patient. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> people don't want to hear that. They think, no, if God's talking to me, then I'm, you know, like I'm hearing angels and I'm hearing, you know, the mysteries of heaven. God's like, no, if, if, if you're hearing my voice and you're in communion with my spirit, you're just being nicer to people. You're going to stop losing your cool when they don't cook your steak right. You stop talking to waitresses like they're nobody. You're going to treat them like children of God. That's what God says. I'm talking to the church, but is the church listening? Because I don't see a lot of love. I don't see a lot of forgiveness. What I see is a lot of partisan politics. What I see is a lot of backbiting. What I see is a lot of envy. What I see is a lot of bitterness. What I see is a lot of... Insecurity. I don't see a lot of this. God talking. Well, if God is, this is what you will see. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith. Self-control. All right. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the opportunity to be here to hear you, to hear from your word. We're asking God that, that as we hear from you, we would respond to you. Oh, you're always talking. Problem is, you're not always, always saying what we wanna hear. You're telling us to forgive that person that hurt us, and we don't wanna hear that. And then we were like, God's not speaking to me. Oh, yeah, he is. He's saying forgive. You just don't wanna hear it. God's not talking to me. Yeah, he is. He's telling you to love I don't want to hear that. Oh, God's not talking to me. Oh, yeah, he is. He's telling you to be patient. No, it can't be God. Yeah. It's God. If it's God, it's going to resemble his spirit. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.